Alright, hello, Idiots on Parade, the Too Ugly for TV podcast, bonus podcast. Just me, Nathan, yapping at you today. Um, Jake and I will be back in action Monday, mocking all things that are in the news. And uh, you'll probably hear from Barrett and I again at some point where we solve everything that's uh, involved with racism in America. But today it's just me, Nathan, giving you a love letter to Iowa. My neighbor's asshole dogs are outside making noise, so you might hear that in the background. But uh, other than that, it's kind of quiet out. Windows are open. It's a nice fall day, a balmy 75 degrees out. Let's give this a shot. All right, a love letter to Iowa. I'm not sure I can actually remember all the places I've lived. When I was a kid, I moved 10 times before I was 10 years old. Since then, I've added cities big and small to my list, from Milwaukee and Boston to my current dot on a map, Iowa City. As a kid, if you had asked me where I'd ever want to live, Iowa would be somewhere toward the bottom of the list. Now, it'd be above Alabama and Mississippi, but below Colorado, Illinois, or New York. But, circumstances being what they are, here's where I ended up. Turns out, I find Iowa quite agreeable, as the kids say. You know the kids with their hip, cool vernacular. Anyway, on the first morning, I woke up and adopted Iowan. The air quality ratings for American cities had just been released. For the forever of the year in a row, the place I had just left, Los Angeles, came in at number one. This wasn't a, hooray, we're number one, celebration. This was, oh shit, Los Angeles has the worst air quality. Again. As Robin Mead read the findings, I looked out my window. I looked out my window and saw clear blue skies that stretched to the horizon. Hmm. Point, Iowa. Another point goes to Iowa for its police departments. Let me give you a quick compare-contrast. During my stay in Los Angeles, I got two tickets. One for parking, one for jaywalking. Regarding the former, I had parked in a spot owned by the company I was working for. I had a placard on my dashboard, but that didn't matter to the meter maid. Parking enforcement saw my car on the street, dedicated parking spot be damned, and gave me a ticket. There was a phone number to call if you wanted to fight any violation, so I called. What happened irritates me whenever I think about it. A computer picked up, auto answer, a phone tree. They had two options. To pay your ticket, press one. To contest your ticket, press two. I pressed two, and after a one second pause and without asking me to enter my ticket number so it could be looked up or examined, The recording said, your request has been denied. Please pay your fine. That was it. And if I wanted to fight the ticket in court, well, traffic violations were handled in a courtroom over an hour from where I lived. It was as if Kafka had written about Los Angeles when scribbling on about institutions designed to defeat the common man. The jaywalking ticket? Technically, yes, I jaywalked. I walked out of a building, looked my left, right, and left again, 
saw there were no cars anywhere in sight, so I jogged across the street to the parking lot my car was in. It made no sense to leave the building, walk a half a block to the corner, cross the street, and then walk half a block back on the other side. As said, there was no traffic in sight, so I hustled across. Note, that's hustled, not meandered. A motorcycle cop several blocks away saw me and drove over. He asked for my identification and then wrote me a ticket. Again, did I break the law? Yes, I admit that freely. But is policing in Los Angeles that desperate for cash? Do police officers have that much time on their hands that jaywalking is what they focus on? Is there no real crime to fight? I'm guessing the answers are yes, they're desperate for cash. Apparently, yes, they have that much time on their hands, but no, they probably should be focusing on real crime. Now, compare those situations, or contrast them if you will, to policing here in Iowa. Specifically, something I witnessed this past July. The tiny town of Solon was having their Beef Days Festival. It's a celebration of, uh, well, I think that's self-explanatory. Beef Days. I don't think you need to look that one up to figure out what it's all about. Anyway, the city blocks off all the downtown streets, a carnival company sets up rides for kids, and local restaurants create makeshift grills and bars on the sidewalks. There is a designated drinking area, and police mill about keeping an eye on everything. When someone took a drink outside the designated drinking zone, the local police shooed them back behind the line with a smile and kindness. There were no frowns, no nightsticks, no puffed chests, no standing with arms crossed, and specifically, no tickets for daring to set foot outside the roped area. The police were not there to take advantage of a situation and make money off citizens. They were there to make sure everyone was safe in their revelry. Police in Iowa also hand out copious amounts of stickers to kids. Stickers that look like badges that the kids can wear on their clothes. My children are always happy to receive them, and they usually end up putting them somewhere on me. Which translates to, I put a sticker on daddy's butt, because that's funny. The police here, and members of the fire department, they always have outreach booths at local festivals. They try to interact with the public, not set up a barrier between them and the people they protect. Which leads to a second point for Iowa. Moving on, my neighborhood has been targeted by several different ice cream trucks during the summer months. On any given day of the week, you'll hear a faint, repetitive tune in the distance grow ever louder as the truck makes its way to you. Over time, you learn to discern which truck has the sugary, fattening treats you desire the most. That way, you can make your way outside when it's on your block. Learning the songs also allows you to close the blinds when the less-than-stellar ice cream trucks are around, shunning them like Mormons ringing your doorbell. Once, while we were on a walk and a half a dozen blocks from our house, my family stumbled upon my children's favorite treat truck. Of course my kids had to, had to, had to have something, 
so we ordered up. It had been overcast when we started our walk, but according to the when you're right 20% of the time you still earn a full paycheck meteorologist, rain wasn't due for several more hours. Unfortunately, Mother Nature doesn't take her cues from what people on television say, so she started pelting us with raindrops right then and there. What happened next? The ice cream truck lady said, hop in, I'm going to drive you home. Now, I'm obviously not naming the service here because I'm guessing what she did was illegal. There are insurance liabilities and probably numerous other rules and regulations against civilians being on a working vehicle. But in Iowa, sometimes rules don't matter. When you see a family with two tiny tots in tow, you help out if you can. Speaking of helping out, every playset in the neighborhood has always been open access to every kid in the neighborhood. Before my family had a trampoline or swings, my kids were told by people we didn't even know, sure, they can play here. There was no worrying about a kid getting hurt and lawyering up, because allowing kids to be kids is just neighborly. Maybe someday some sourpuss loser will ruin it for everyone by getting hurt and then filing a lawsuit. But that hasn't happened yet. My final Iowa win story involves a trip to the local True Value. I was buying... I don't remember. A hammer, nails, hardware stuff. Anyway, I got in line, and the person in front of me was trying to pay using an app on his phone. Unfortunately, something wasn't clicking. The phone wasn't communicating with the terminal, and payment wasn't being accepted. The man didn't have his wallet on him. He had been camping, discovered he needed whatever it was he was purchasing, so he jumped in the car specifically to come grab this one item. He had his phone. He forgot his wallet. The cashier told the man to give his name and phone number, take the item, and come back when he could. She said she'd call him if he hadn't returned as it was getting close to closing time. The man was overjoyed and said he would be back in an hour or so. He took his item and left. And the cashier, she took him at his word that he'd return and pay. That kind of kindness doesn't happen everywhere. Can you imagine that happening in New York City or Los Angeles? I can't. Maybe this all seems folksy and lame, but I don't care. Iowa is a damn fine state, full of damn fine people. Yes, it went for Trump in 2016, and yes, Steve King has been in office for forever and a day, this despite his being a racist and a horrible human being on every level. Iowans aren't perfect. But we went for Obama twice and flipped two districts in 2018, so we're not all backward-ass idiots. And hey, culture makes its way into our borders. I've caught the touring troops belting out both the Book of Mormon and Hamilton here in corn country. Maybe we don't get all the concerts, but OK Go, Taylor Swift, the Foo Fighters, and Metallica have all been through. We don't always get the stadium tours, 
Yeah, you too, Bruce Springsteen, looking at you. But we do okay music-wise. When you consider our schools, the cost of living, entertainment options, the lack of traffic, our dining options, the lack of homelessness, our neighboring states with NFL teams to root for without the taxpayer burden of subsidizing their coliseums, and the fact we legalized marriage equality before the rest of the country did? I think Iowa can stand tall against pretty much anywhere. And we have clean air. Suck it, Los Angeles. <laughs>